it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Tuning in to the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. I'm sitting here recording on a Saturday evening, uh, oddly enough, because uh, unfortunately, guys, I'm unable to record on Sunday night as I usually do here in the off season. Um, but fortunately, it's for a good reason. As uh, Monday morning, my wife will be inducing, and we will be having another girl. So, uh, props to me. Yes, applause, applause. Um, actually, if you're listening to this on your way into work on Monday. Uh, I should be holding my wife's screaming hand right now, so uh, wish me luck. Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm here, as I am every week, giving you the Hoosier news, giving you a little national news. Um, if you haven't, please subscribe to the show. Out here doing it every week in the off season, just uh, giving you what little news there is to give you. I appreciate the follow. Uh, please leave a review if you haven't, and also uh, feel free to give me a follow on all the platforms at Often Daunted. And uh, without further ado, let's get into some national news for you. Hey, so uh, one little national story out there. Uh, score one for the landlocked states, score one for us, as it looks like cocaine sharks might be feasting on drugs dumped off the Florida coast, according to scientists, and this was reported by the Daily Loud. Cocaine sharks, just a, just a heads up for any of our Florida listeners out there. Um, that's a terrifying prospect to me. Okay, yep. <clears throat> so the basketball uh, news pretty much this week was dominated by Kentucky as uh, everyone has just been sniffing Kentucky's farts all week. After going 4-0, everyone is so hyped on how selflessly the Wildcats were dishing it between DJ Wagner and company. And while, while I just want to say, yeah, it's international competition, whatever, it's just an off-season game, hey, they did play well. Got to give them credit there, as uh, last season, Baylor played in the same tournament, went 1-3. and three. This may bode well for Calipari. Um, but everyone just saying, hey, this young team can put it together. I feel like a lot of the reason that people aren't buying into the potential ceiling of this Indiana team are because, is because a lot of it is a young core. And, uh, yeah, Calipari did it once. Yes, that was a wild feat he did with that Anthony Davis team. But uh just blows my mind how selective they are with when they want to dish out to, like, these expectations, these, uh, yeah, for good and bad. Why you dishing them out bad for us and then not giving us the expectation of potential development that uh, so many others are being given? You come to the Often Daunted podcast because it's a Homer podcast, okay? <laughs> you guys, this is a tale as old as time, it seems, now that Kentucky basketball is just all expectation at the beginning of the season. And then they want Calipari's head by the end of it. They just can't afford to take it off his torso. They really can't right now. I don't even really know the contract details. I'm pretty sure he's in there for life. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, once again when push comes to shove and they are ready to out him. Maybe this class will push it off. Maybe this class will hold off that uh, strife that inevitably comes for him every season. A 4-0 start in that uh, global jam, that's a good sign for them. Play us. Damn it, play us. Chris Ledlam uh, decommitted. I, I believe I announced that decommit last week. Decommits from Tennessee after, uh, I believe, I don't know. Basically, someone came back, got their minutes, and he's out. 
moves town, and uh, just as of today, no, no, not today, sorry. This week it was reported he's heading to play for Rick Pitino at St. John's. And it it was interesting because immediately following that commitment to St. John's, uh, Iona grad transfer Quinn Slazinski uh, will no longer attend St. John's and will re-enter the transfer portal uh, per on three sports. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure that was a guy that uh, Rick told him, hey, we're, we're going to the big time, fella, and you're coming with me. Uh, it's a shame to see the uh, 6'9 forward who began his career at Louisville, um, who averaged uh, 11.3 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 1.9 assists last season for Iona. Uh, looks like uh, Coach Coach Patino told him to hit the road. Told him to hit the road or his minutes were just going to be severely undercut. Well, Chris Ludlum, it's almost August, so uh, good luck gelling with that St. John's team. I mean, Patino will have him ready. Patino's an all-time great coach, but just still so wild that uh, these guys have to transfer this late. I mean, speaking of that, Kansas freshman uh, Marcus Adams Jr., a former four-star recruit, uh, looks like he will be leaving the Kansas program. And, uh, yeah, that was announced earlier this week, and then it was quickly announced that he is transferring to Gonzaga. It's a crazy ever-shifting landscape, and again, this guy is joining Gonzaga at, at, at the doorstep of, Mar- of August. <laughs> it's, it's so wild that these guys are going to be able to, yeah, I mean, we. this is, I guess this is, was it this bad last offseason? I truly don't know. This is, These are the moments I wish I had a co- co-host. Yeah, I, I uh, it's wild. I thought Paul Mulcahy was bad, but it looks like he was getting in early compared to these guys. It's crazy. Other basketball news around the nation. The basketball tournament started this week. Uh, this year's winner-take-all tournament, um, $1 million at stake. You know how it is. Uh, but this year's tournament actually boasts a record 75 players with NBA experience and 33 alumni teams. Um, uh, pretty interesting roster, pretty interesting cast of characters. There are some names that would be interesting to those in the Indiana Hoosier fan base. There is Parker Stewart, who is playing for the B. One Ballers. He is joined by Indiana teammate Michael Durr for the V1 Ballers. We have Curtis Jones Jr. playing for the Happy Valley Hoopers. We have Clifton Moore playing for the Big Five. We have Luke Fisher playing for Heard That. We have Mo Creek playing for Shellshock. Still, still amazed that I think it was in an interview that Christian Watford kind of hinted at Mo Creek being his worst teammate. Yeah, that just leaves us, yeah. Leaves a stain in my mind, but I mean, Mo Creek had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, yeah, in his time here, yeah, it was just a mess. We have Devin Davis, uh, the money team. I mean, it's just yeah, again, yeah. Wish his time here was different, for sure. Uh, he is on the money team. We also have Remy Abel. He will be on Zip 'Em Up. I believe that's a Musketeers uh, alumni team. Just uh, some other interesting names I saw out there. From Louisville, we have Russ Smith and Peyton Siva, and that is on the Ville. That is the team, the Ville. We have uh, Corey Brewer, Liam Humphrey, and Toreen Green on Gataverse, and that is Florida alumni. We have Thomas Robinson, Mario Chalmers, and Brandon Rush all representing Kansas on the team Mass Street. Again, this is just, hey, we want basketball in this offseason, this basketball tournament. These guys go after it. They, I mean, they're playing for real money. These guys want to get paid. And uh, 
it, it's it's a great watch. Go uh go check it out while you still got the chance. John Rothstein uh, just released his breakdown on the Big Ten, uh, just breaking down what he expects to come for next season. He was quick to mention that uh, the Big Ten had 26 bids in the last three NCAA tournaments, only for four teams to make it to the Sweet 16, and uh, haven't had a national champ since uh, 2000. To which, when, when he had stated that, I, I was just pondering it, and I was like, man, it always had to be us. These droughts... These curses, these storylines, like the Big Ten can't get it done. It must be exercised by us. We are the only ones that can possibly do it. That's how fate works. The haggard, you know, once thought over the hill hero, must rise like a phoenix. He must rise like a phoenix and deal justice. It's the only way. Just just look at the Red Sox to have to come back from four, and it, it will take our program being crippled by, by a phone call. Um, crawling back to prominence, um, it, it, just to write everything to the way it once was. But yeah, that that was just a little side tangent rant I went on in my own head while listening to that. He uh, projected the Hoosiers to end eighth in the Big Ten. He made sure to give Renew, Mbako, and Ware a mention in his preview. Uh, but he also had on his podcast Northwestern head coach Chris Collins. This was taped before the, all the news broke, so no, he didn't have any thoughts regarding the athletic department. But uh, Collins just stressed the difficulty of not only gaining success in college basketball, but also sustaining it. Like, uh, like I think he's really nervous about this next season. It just I don't know how else to read that statement. Of course, it's hard to keep that success. Um, but Indiana's always crawling. And he, and it, Mike Woodson appears to be crawling towards a bit, like season by season. He's crawling towards the promised land a bit. But he's doing it well. I mean, each year the program's potential is a step higher than it was the year before. You can say our team, our team's uh, outlook on the season, like our, of course, last year's team with all the experience we had with everyone we thought we were going to have healthy. We had big hopes, but uh, as far as the prospects for the future, we have to land some of these 2024 guys. But I think I think the future's looking bright. I, I got to get my shades out. So uh, while, while he is saying yes, you you have to sustain that success. I'm not too worried about Indiana losing that sustained success. We're snowballing here. Slowly but surely, we are snowballing. We got big-ass targets coming to Indiana now. We are winning bidding wars, and we are becoming a very attractive location for these guys, for these big McDonald's All-American type guys. That That is sustaining program success compared to what we've had. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Mike Woodson has proved that he is... Uh, yeah, he hasn't proved it. I mean, he's built on each season. That's all I can say. That's all I can trust in right now. And I'm going to. Uh, Maryland announced that they will be taking a tour of Italy and uh, playing three games between July 31st and August 10th. Just a little Maryland news. Now on to some Indiana news for you. Congrats to Golden Bachelor G- Jerry Gary Jerry Turner. Uh, looks like the uh, premier bachelor for the Golden Bachelor, the elderly seventy-one-year-old bachelor who is a total old man hunk. Jerry Turner is uh, is a Hoosier himself, and uh, it'll be interesting watching him uh, be absolutely torn apart by the Cougars, who are gonna. Oh man, it's gonna be wild watching grown women in the Bachelor setting. No, on to real Indiana news. As uh, 
Monday, Boogie Flan released his top eight schools. On the list were Kentucky, Alabama, Michigan, Maryland, North Carolina, Yukon, St. John's, and of course us. Not much to say, just keeping an eye on them, hoping to God we land any of these guys, and then we just we just need to get one going. We need one in the books. We need one locked in. Uh, but just nice to see that we are getting on these guys' lists, these top guys. Rob Cassidy at Rivals uh, shared his teams to beat for some of the top recruits uh, still available in the 2024 class. He said Padunga was Duke or Kentucky, and that's understandable as uh, Badungo just... Badunga just, I mean, this last week, prior, uh, right after me discussing his recruitment, um, he announced his final four teams, and those were Auburn, Duke, Kansas, and Michigan. Understandable. I believe that's how that's who people have been seeing around their games. Yeah, it makes sense. You want to get the Indiana guy, but yeah, wish we had gotten, yeah, whatever. We're still in on some good ones, some phenomenal ones. Yeah, okay, so back to what Rob Cassidy uh his teams to beat that he was sharing for uh, these recruits. He had said that Liam McNeely's team to beat at this time was Indiana. He said McNeely's recruitment has felt like a Texas versus Indiana battle for some time, but the Hoosiers are starting to seem like the steady force in what has been a volatile process at times. Texas felt like the early favorite before the dismissal of former head coach Chris Beard, who had forged a strong relationship with the five-star forward, the period of uncertainty in Austin allowed Mike Woodson and his staff to seize the lead in the race to land McNeely. So while the new UT head coach, Rodney Terry, has helped the Longhorns claw back into the thick of things, the fact that McNeely is planning a second official visit to Bloomington in early September suggests the stalwart, ho- the stalwart Hoosiers may be out in front as summer gives way to fall. McNeely has set no timetable for an announcement, but at least... For the time being, he feels like I used to lose. Oh, I used to lose is such a freaking stressful. <laughs> that that's a stressful thing to read. Um, it's the position you want to be in, but it's like, man, there's been times where we, we didn't think we were getting a guy that we got him, but man, there have been times where we thought we were getting a guy and lost him. And uh, I used to lose that that rhyme scheme. That just that's a red flag to me right there. It just, yeah, it just always, that, that, that one makes me nervous. I, I love Liam McNeely's game. I think he's going to be an incredible college basketball player, and I want him desperately. Um, that being said, play it cool. <laughs> uh, you'll hear anything on the Liam McNeely front here. Yeah, as mentioned in uh, Rob Cassidy's report, uh, Jeff Ravjohns also reported that Liam McNeely was due to uh, visit Indiana again. The current date looks like September 8th through 10. And I have to say, that's a freaking great time to visit Bloomington, Indiana. That's a great time to try to sell somebody on living there. Wait two months and you're shit out of luck. I have to imagine Liam's seen Bloomington winners. But, uh, yeah, September 8th through 10th. Early fall. That's a tailgate. Who are we playing that game? Hold on. Saturday, September 8th, he'll be, uh, be able to see the Hoosiers taking on the Sycamores. There you go. A little tailgate game as it's a 7 p.m. game. That's a late one. Under the lights at the Rock. There you go. Yeah, it looks like he, he'll be visiting the week of the Indiana State game. So if you do see him, don't freak him out. Don't freak him out. If you're at the Indiana State game tailgating, uh, you see Liam McNeely walk by with a posse. Do not yell. I mean, be supportive, I guess, maybe. I don't. Maybe recruits like that Indiana fans know there are recruits. I, I feel like 
in basketball relative to other fan bases, we kind of have a keener eye for that kind of shit. I would be interested to know. I have a feeling they don't like it, but then some probably do. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a player-to-player case. Uh, and our and or Boateng released his top eight just uh, today, Saturday, at this time of recording. Sorry, Saturday. And Anor Boateng is a uh, 6'5", 205-pound shooting guard from Little Rock, Arkansas. He is the four-star recruit, 38th ranked, uh, according to 24-7 Sports. And his schools are down to Arkansas, Missouri, Auburn, LSU, Indiana, Georgia Tech, Ohio State, and Virginia Tech. Along with his top eight, we also made another. As uh, we saw Austin Swartz, a four-star shooting guard as well for the uh, same 2024 class. According to 24-7 Sports, he is the number 43 recruit in the class. And uh, he has announced his final eight and Indiana amongst them. As uh, he also announced that he has a marathon of visits coming every weekend he will be at his school. uh, With six of those visits scheduled. Indiana first, August 18th through the 20th. Miami 2nd, August 25th through the 27th. Then there's Georgia, Florida State, UConn, Virginia Tech. Indiana being the first among those. I like it. I think I think uh, it allows us to make a big, pretty offer that hopefully just puts into perspective what we got to bring. It is tough. It's Miami following us. You wish it was uh, relative on this list. Miami, Georgia, I don't know. Maybe Virginia Tech. Maybe we're getting more money than them. You can, Yeah, whoever. Hopefully Indiana can blow them away right out the gate. I do like the first spot. Yeah, Austin Swartz. Yeah, just a name to keep an eye on. Visiting August 18th, guys. That's all we really saw on the recruiting front for Indiana. In other news, uh, just welcome back to TJD. Uh, he was seen working out on campus in preparation for the NBA. Uh, hey, come to IU. Our resources are forever yours. And we got hella resources. Glad to see TJD back in campus, back in the area code. And, uh, yeah, I like seeing NBA players wearing Indiana shit. And Trace Jackson is now one of those guys. Awesome to see him come back. I mean, he hasn't even been gone that long. Nice to know he's going to continue to keep his roots, continue to uh, be a face of this program. Ja'Kai Newton was on the uh, Hoosier Hysterics podcast where he filled us in on his injury status a little bit. Great interview. Go give them a listen. Go give them a subscription. They're just, I mean, it's the best interviews because it's right out its right out the personnel's mouth. Ja'Kai Newton stated that uh, he's been limited because of the knee, um, but he's been getting, he's begun taking jump shots in order to ease him back into, he, he began taking jump shots in order to ease back into basketball operations, I guess, plays, uh, about three weeks ago. He said the IU medical staff has just been taking it slow, getting him ready in the time between now and November. He said that uh, this downtime, it's it's just been having a him ready. It's been having him ready to go even harder once he has the opportunity to go. Throughout the interview, he also revealed a uh, interesting nickname for Trey, which I love, Rambo. And uh, when Trey, when headband Trey's on the scene, he's right. I, I love the nickname Rambo, baby. And then I think he said he's built like Rambo, and I'm like, hell yeah. Trey's getting jacked. Go give him, go give it a whole listen. Ja'Kai Newton, just love love his personality, love what he's bringing to the team. Really like the interview. Understand, I mean, that I I, I understand that like the one hour long podcast appearance shouldn't build your idea of someone entirely. 
But Ja'Kai Newton just seemed like the coolest, most level-headed dude around. It was it was interesting to hear him talk for the first time because it, it's it's just how low toned and smooth his voice is, and then how explosive and electric his play is. It it just was wild hearing. I don't know. It just didn't sync up with me, but in the best way. It's just super. Yeah, it's awesome. He's just a cool ass dude. His confidence just like it exudes through the way he talks, but not not in an annoying, arrogant way. You know what I mean? In a natural, like baddest man in any room sort of way. Hell yeah, Ja'Kai Newton. So excited to see him hit the floor when he's ready. And uh, so pumped that we have such a great medical staff uh, because I really don't want them to rush this. We need to get this right. This guy has a lot to bring to this program. And uh, if it isn't just, I mean, we can't all be one and done. I think this kid is going to be a solid piece of this team moving forward in the years to come. Solid piece. He, he could be a centerpiece. Dude's built like a brick shit house. Some Hoosier in the NBA news. Adidas officially announced the signing of NBA NBA draft selection, uh, Jalen hood Shafino in a statement where they said, uh, Today, July 17, 2023, Adidas basketball announces NBA first-round picks Grady Dick of the Toronto Raptors and Jalen hood Shafino of the Los Angeles Lakers have officially signed with Adidas basketball and will star in the campaign created for the 2023 collection, Chapter 3. The category's third installment of the premium lifestyle offerings. The rookies were previously signed as part of Adidas Basketball's first class of NIL athletes in December 22. With former NCAA teams, University of Kansas Jayhawks and Indiana University Hoosiers. And now star in the brand's new campaign as official Adidas pro athletes alongside their families. And if you saw the pictures, it's, uh, I think it's Jalen with his mom and sister. Uh, yeah, hey, good for Jalen. He's an absolute star, and he's in a star-studded city. His success is our success, guys. Just want to keep you in the loop on what's going on with him. Earlier this week, we saw Mackenzie Holmes and Trace Jackson Davis win IU Athlete of the Year awards. Uh, In this statement, Athletic Director uh, Scott Dolson said, Congratulations to Mackenzie and Trace for their well-deserved selections as our 2022-2023 Athletes of the Year. As first-team All-Americans and Wooden Award finalists, they each enjoyed individual successes that rival those of any other past great that has played for our tradition-rich basketball programs. Every bit as important to their individual accomplishments accomplishments though is the team success that each played such a big part in this past season the 2022-2023 year was one of our department's most successful in decades both in terms of individual and team successes that fact makes this year's award even that much more meaningful for these two all-time greats Awesome to see that uh, Mackenzie and Trace got that award. And on top of that, some more good news heading Mackenzie Holmes' way as the uh, women's team penned in a game with Maine. So she'll be able to play at Maine. So uh, she'll be playing in front of her hometown family and friends. Last single little tidbit of Indiana news. I uh, just wanted to give him a shout-out because he is one of my absolute all-time favorites to ever freaking do it, and that is point guard Yogi Ferrell. Uh, Yogi Ferrell has signed with the Shanghai Sharks of the Chinese Basketball Association. Yeah, he he, had, yeah, he has to learn Chinese, but but go get paid. Go get, <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to watch a game Yogi Ferrell's playing in right now. Am I able to get CBA games? Congrats to Yogi Ferrell for continuing his basketball journey when so many his age have ended. All right, guys, as I said, doing it a little different this week. I, did, I don't know. I just, 
I wanted to do the summer award show thing. Uh, seems like a lot of people can get away with just uh, mailing an episode in and doing a summer award show. So I came up with a few categories, a few awards I wanted to give out as part of my daunties. And uh, I'll have those for you right after the word from our sponsor. The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you by Burke White. You guys, I'm just plugging myself right now. Go give me a follow on Twitter threads. I think I have three followers on threads or something. It just started up. Yeah, let's get that thing up. Follow me on Instagram. I'm starting to do a little more stuff on that. Posting uh, Indiana propaganda all the time on there. You know, you can post propaganda. You can really make numbers dance any way you want to. To make names appear on top of names in leaderboards. Yeah, so uh, go give me a follow. At Often Daunted on all the socials. Give me a subscribe here on the show. Leave a review. Thank you so much. If you have an idea for the show, reach out to me at uh, my email, oftendaunted at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, I'm going to keep it up as uh, this is the funnest hobby I have ever undertook. Thank you so much for listening, giving me a reason to keep putting them out. one and all to the 2023 Dantes. And the Dantes are going to be my just, uh, you know, cliche, just overplayed bit uh, way of uh, just filling some time here, uh, giving you some content to listen to here in the off season, these dog days where we ain't got much to talk about. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to be starting off the Dantes with uh, the best rivalry trophies because I am pro-rivalry trophy. I am the largest pro-rivalry trophy advocate you will come across, and I wish they had them in basketball. <clears throat> you, you say they play twice, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but I say, hey, let the last one to win, he just gets ownership of it until the next time they play. How rivalry trophies work. <laughs> so I wanted to go ahead and just shine a light and uh, go ahead and go through my nominations for the best rivalry trophy in college sports. The first nominee is, of course, the old oaken bucket. Just an absolute beaut. Just a beautiful old-ass pail full of a lot of peas, a lot of eyes. Hopefully we start getting to uh, add a few more eyes here. But old oaken bucket absolutely deserves a nomination. Next up on the nominations is the Paul Bunyan's axe. The Paul Bunyan axe, that thing is just, it's awesome. Who doesn't want to win a football game and storm off with a championship axe? The game between Minnesota and Wisconsin, consistently that axe is heading to Wisconsin. But nonetheless, it's an absolutely awesome rivalry trophy. Last but not least is the Fremont Cannon. That's the winner. Long story short, if your rivalry trophy is an actual firing cannon, it does fire. They haven't fired it since, I think, the last time they fired it, it cracked. But it does fire. That's a badass trophy. The Fremont Cannon is is your Daunty winner for Rivalry Trophy of the Year. These are your nominations for Best Indiana Prop. The Home Run Chain for getting Tyler Kearney suspended for some bullshit rule um, where they handed, yeah, he wore it to the mouth of the dugout and then everyone... It was a Kentucky Homer situation. There is the Miller Cop headband is your second nominee. 
And your third nominee is Trey Galloway's headband. And uh, this one actually has four. Yeah, I have three. I have four nominees. I'm keeping it loose here on the Often Daunted show for you. There is Trey Galloway's headband. Again, I referenced it earlier as Ja'Kai Newton has been calling him Rambo. But Trey Galloway has been spotted uh, rocking an awesome headband. Um, you know, really, really letting that, really directing the flow. Last but not least, your last nomination is the locker room speaker. And your winner for the often daunted Daunty is the locker room speaker. Miller Cop immortalized the locker room speaker, holding it over his head upon celebrating a victory. And uh, it's just absolutely, personally, an iconic Indiana prop in my book. Oh, man, when you hold a speaker over your head like that, double hands, like touchdown, arms up. That's a liberating-ass feeling. <laughs> Just an awesome moment captured in Indiana history. These are your often daunted, daunty nominations for Quote of the Year. Your first nominee is Fran McCaffrey for a lot of the guys you talk to. They'll say NIL is not a big part of this decision. And most of the time, they're telling the truth. But they have an expectation that it's going to be a part of the decision. You try to determine, okay, who's doing this for one reason and one reason only? And that's money? Who is hoping to get some money as a result of, I pick the right place and I have a perfect fit? So that was, uh, that was Fran McCaffrey uh, saying, hey, if, if this fits your basketball plan, you should be okay not getting paid. Come play for Iowa. Your second nomination is Rico Lamett, a uh, Northwestern receiver and safety from 2001 through 2005, who was quoted as saying, it was weirdo fat guys on the team doing weirdo fat guy shit. And uh, I, I have a feeling you can guess what that was about. <laughs> I love that quote. That quote is so stellar. Your third nomination is Mike Woodson. Uh, for Indiana basketball, excuse my language, is the shit. Fourth nomination is, if you can find 25 to 30 people better than him in this NBA draft, hey, I'll kiss your ass. And that was Coach Yusir Roseman. After TJG, after TJD dropped 25 points, hauled in 21 boards, and recorded six blocks against Minnesota to save my emotional well-being. And your winner for quote of the year is Mike Woodson for uh, his Hoosier hysteria speech where it, it, it could have been summed up in exactly one, two, three, eight words. Indiana basketball, excuse my language, is the shit. Love it. These are your nominations for the Hoosier heartstring moment of the year. First nomination is the Bates Family Showcase game. Uh, I believe Tamar, I believe Tamar Bates uh, dropped like a season high the same day that his little girl won the baby race. Really sweet moment. Really, just a moment we were all craving for Trey for uh, Tamar to just have an outing like that. We have Anthony Leal paying off his sister's student loans, and God, if that wasn't just the sweetest, you guys, there a little video of I think his parents probably took it. Uh, just, just really. Really awesome to see why these guys should get paid. Uh, what they're doing with their money. I like that. The Hoosiers are doing good with their money, it looks like. Paying off your sister's debts, that's got to be a great feeling. Wish I could have done it for mine. Unfortunately, did not. 
And lastly, we have Trace Jackson Davis's episode of The Journey. It's a tearjerker. It's a good watch. Go check it out. And your winner is Anthony Leal paying off his sister's student loans. Just, just a solid guy, a great brother, watching out for his sister. That, that's your Hoosier heartstring, heartstring moment of the year. Your often daunted basketball storyline of the year. First nomination is Trace's mentality shift. I, I talked all season about how Trace just found this gear because you guys saw it. He did. He unlocked something in his game. He unlocked just a, it's like he finally knew that he was better than everybody. So he played like he was better than everybody. It almost made too much sense, but he found it this season, and it was due to a mentality shift, him finding that next gear in his game, in his, uh, I would say, stick to but I'm going to say take it to Yeah, take it to him. Absolutely just incredible being able to witness that all season. Your second nomination for the often daunted basketball storyline of the year is Trey Galloway making shots. Trey Galloway making shots. Not, not high quantities, but making them. Making the shots he was taking. After shooting the worst three-point shooting on our team, I think, two years in a row, he was a stellar, he, he had the best conversion rate in the Big Ten. Just incredible. And your third nomination is, here's every reason this is the game. Tamar Bates figures it all out. This storyline <laughs> was not my favorite this year, guys. Was not my favorite, but it was consistent. It was ever-present. Um, I kept telling myself that this was the game that Tamar broke away and became our primary scorer and became our go-to option on the wing. Uh, never came to fruition, and now he's out of town for it. Hate to see how it ended, but uh, yeah, it was an av- it was a storyline present on this show for this season. And your winner for the often daunted basketball storyline of the year is Trace's mentality shift. Of course, it is. He is a historic Hoosier for having took that mentality shift. The numbers he put up, we will not see again. <laughs> you hope we don't have to, because, again, great numbers, but our gameplay, we just didn't have the pieces around him to really use, like, yeah, gonna, mi- gonna miss being able to discuss Trace Jackson Davis here on the Often Daunted podcast. Gonna miss seeing him take the court in those candy stripes. Now it's time for your National College Basketball Storyline of the Year. The daunting nominations for this are the Brandon Miller situation, which absolutely dominated the college basketball headlines. Don't tell me it didn't. Your second nomination is Matt Painter finally has the team to get him over his playoff woes, his tournament woes, and proceeds to lose to FDU. And your third National College Basketball Storyline of the Year is uh, just a personal one I wanted to throw on here, and that's Michigan in shambles. Uh, NIT exit, Hunter transfers, Caleb Love can't get in, and that's after Terrence Shannon just did it last year. Michigan basketball's hurting. Michigan basketball's down bad, and Hunter just keeps keeping them down better. (laughs) Jesus. Your winner for National College Basketball Storyline of the Year is Matt Painter finally has the team to get him over his tournament woes and proceeds to lose to FDU. Tough. Tough for our Northwest brethren. Here are your nominations for the Daunty for due for a comeback Hoosier of the Year. Your first nomination is Xavier Johnson, who of course is due for a comeback. He was he was robbed of the opportunity to finish out his career playing with the, the best team he was on. And uh, it's nice to see that Mike Woodson and company was able to reload, able to uh, retool this roster, 
and give Xavier Johnson a competitive ass, <laughs> not eh, maybe not good, a talented roster to lead this season. Your second nomination is Kalel Ware, who uh, after lackluster stats all last season and questions of his motor, with him being projected, I think number eight right now in the draft, he needs one. He needs a comeback season. He needs to. I, I like that. There's a little pressure on this guy. That uh, where his second, where his second landing spot didn't work out at the first tells me he need it needs to work out here for him. And uh, I think for that reason alone, he's he has to find a motor. If you can't will a motor under that scenario, man, you ain't got it. Tell Kalel where. Your third nomination, just because I wanted to shout out football a bit, is Cam Camper. Uh, after he tore his ACL in the first half of Rutgers, um, season was over for him, but he was he was lighting it up. He it is amazing how great our receivers can be for just how inadequate the guys throwing them the them the ball have been. Uh he was lighting up the field when Bazelak was throwing it five yards above his head every snap. Bazelak uh, last season often looked like his rangefinder was ten yards too long. And Cam Camper just lit it up. If he's back healthy, I'm excited about this football team. And that was your little bit of Indian football. The winner of the due for a comeback Hoosier of the Year is Xavier Johnson. Xavier Johnson, because I want to give it to him. I want him to... uh, It was always Trace's team last year. This is his team. This is Xavier Johnson's team. Uh, I'm glad he gets this opportunity to be seen as a figurehead of an Indiana team. I mean, he was last year, but now he is the face. He's got all the experience in the world. He's been in college basketball for how long now? After that injury, just broke his heart, broke all of our hearts. Uh, I think we're all due for this little comeback from our boy Xavier Johnson. Here are your Dante Award nominees for Inadequate Criminal of the Year. Your first nominee for Inadequate Criminal of the Year is Hunter Dickinson. With their backs against the wall, uh, with everything on the line, with tournament hopes on the line, uh, Hunter Dickinson wore a ski mask. Uh, as he attempted to break into Wisconsin and steal a win. Unfortunately, he was unable to do so, making him an extremely inadequate criminal. Your second nominee is Paul Mulcahy. Paul Mulcahy uh, attempted battery and assault on Trace Jackson Davis, uh, trying to to, uh, cripple him, putting his foot under his while they're just running down the court. Paul Mulcahy, absolute villain of the Big Ten, total scumbag, good riddance, have fun in the Pac-12. Inadequate criminal. Couldn't couldn't properly assault, I guess. Your inadequate criminal of the year goes to Hunter Dickinson. Unable to steal the win, even though he had the ski mask. We didn't know it was... How did we know that that was Hunter Dickinson if he had the ski mask on? He should have been able to get in there, get under the wire, get, do the... He dips beneath the lasers, oh, and go, go dive in there, um, steal that victory, and get out before anyone noticed. Uh, unfortunately, he was unable to do so. That's why he is your inadequate criminal of the year. And here are your Daunty Award nominees for Clown Moment of the Year. Your first nominee is Hunter Dickinson, and that is for the scene I mentioned just in the award prior. We have the Purdue Boilermakers for falling to Fairleigh Dickinson when they couldn't have, like, they couldn't have had more momentum than they had. They did win the Big Ten, so, I mean, they won the Big Ten and they won the Big Ten tournament, so credit where credit's due. Purdue Boilermakers last year were a great team who lost to a truly shitty squad. Wasn't FDU in because the other Merrimack, wasn't that the Merrimack conference where Merrimack was supposed to be in? So they didn't even win their conference. 
And your third nominee for uh, Clown Moment of the Year goes to Nate Oates for uh, just answering the press conference. Just his answers in the press conference were word on a potential uh, suspensions heading Brandon Miller's way. Just totally lacked any self-awareness of just what, or just accountability. It was crazy. He said, uh, we've been taking it uh, very seriously since day one. Uh, the first minute I got the information, I called Greg and we talked about it. Uh, have known the severity of it. Uh, Greg, I, I thought, did a great job addressing those comments on Wednesday. I don't really have much else to add to it. Uh, I feel like we've done the right thing in this case. I'm going to leave it at that. And it's just the severity of the actual incident that the this not a, if you suspend him a single game that is understandable and you should like not not a single game is crazy is crazy i know the ncaa didn't step in but the ncaa ain't stepping in on jack right now because they're afraid everybody's going to kick them everybody's just going to realize we don't need them mike woodson credit to him credit to him everywhere i can give it mike woodson's out here self-disciplining even when the news doesn't hit like the national wire it doesn't hit the masses let alone news of the severity of a murder. It's crazy. If you couldn't tell by my tone, that is your clown moment of the year. Nate Oates is absolutely a clown for that. Here are your, here are your Dante nominees for BS of the Year. Your first nominee is Boo Booey's game-winning Falcon Punch on Trey Galloway. Second nominee is Northwestern fans on Twitter. That's just bullshit your third nominee is zach Eady being able to bruise the ever-loving shit out of people with his hip bones as opposed to his arms because that's just how tall he is he has broken the rules on how to possibly defend and possibly exploit any person's like disadvantage because he is like <laughs> hip checking dudes in their chest and your fourth nominee is big 10 officiating and the daunty goes to big 10 officiating duh this is pretty much the root of all evil in the big 10 this is the root of all of our woes. These refs make it about themselves. They like to slow the game down for sure. Um, hoping that the new charge rule has an effect on how the Big Ten kind of speeds up the game. But until something is done, like, at the institutional level for Big Ten officiating, yikes. It's a rough landscape for us. Sorry, guys, not many more. We have four more awards for you. And uh, I do like these four. Kind of a nice juxtaposition in both. Uh, it's kind of like two pairs if you think about it. So uh, your next award is going to be your often daunted moment of the year. Now I want this to be a moment where you were the most daunted you've ever felt as an Indiana basketball fan. So here are some of my nominees from the last year. Kansas. First nominee is Kansas. Holy hell. I, I had felt like I forced myself to watch a car crash. And it was a car crash I couldn't intervene in. I couldn't save anybody in the burning flames. Um, it was an away ground, so our guys were just, they were in hostile territory being eaten alive. And they, they were toast from the tip. It, there, was, there was Real Arizona. Real Arizona took them on, got whooped in Vegas. Their front court was just so massive, so massive, just truly towering, truly daunting to an Indiana front court. Your third nominee is Indiana Baseball. Getting me excited for a few days, only to uh, go ahead and drop two in a row to Kentucky to lose uh, that region. And your fourth nominee for the often daunted moment of the year is the Michigan State game. There was just a that was just a heavy environment, a uh, depressing environment, and uh, a rabid environment that desperately wanted to see something to celebrate in East Lansing. And uh, 
unfortunately, Indiana was on the receiving end of that. But my often daunted moment of the year, that is going to go to that Kansas game. That Kansas game left me disheveled. Yeah, that was a tough one to watch. Has me chomping at the bit to have another opportunity at it because it honestly couldn't go worse than that, right? I'm I'm ready to take on the Jayhawks again. Following the often daunted moment of the year, the next Dante is going to be your never daunted moment of the year. Yes, like the fight song, never daunted, we cannot falter, this is your never daunted moment of the year. First nominee is Jalen hood Shafino's 35-point performance in Purdue. Absolutely freaking legendary. Absolutely freaking legendary. Your second nominee is uh, Trace. Trace's 20 points, 18 boards, and 6 assists as the Hoosiers were finally able to beat Rutgers. And your third nominee for the never daunted moment of the year, is beating Wisconsin for the second time in 12 games. Um, and the first time since February 2019. This was a tough one. This was a tough one, and I, I will discuss the decision-making a bit. As uh, that Trace game, finally beating Rutgers, was a mon- it was the monkey on my personal back. I just wanted to beat them at any cost, at any level. We needed it at any level. What am I talking about? Just at any location, I should say. We needed a Rutgers victory, and we got it. Now, with that being said, the Dante goes to Jalen hood Shafino for 35 points in West Lafayette. That's historic Hoosier-level stuff. That's not going to be—that that, that is incredible. He is a boiler slayer. That was—and just you, you felt incredible watching him destroy the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, a very highly regarded award here on the Daunties— this award, I, I look forward to giving out because uh, it's really the culmination of a year of hard work on behalf of these guys. And uh, this is your 2023 Daunty Villain of the Year. Your first nominee is Paul Mulcahy uh, for trying to tra- tip tri- for trying to trip Trace, just like I said before, um, and calling himself New Jersey's point guard and then heading to Washington. That's an absolutely villainous move. Uh, well done. I applaud thee. I don't applaud thee for trying to uh, trip Trace. That's absolutely foul and despicable. And, uh, yeah, you should rot in a jail cell for that. But calling yourself New Jersey's point guard and then playing for Washington, that's hilarious. Speaking of hilarious villains, your second nominee is none other than Hunter Dickinson. Of course it is. Uh, Absolute first ballot Hall of Fame Big Ten villain. Um, He is still kicking Michigan, even from Lawrence. His comments just last week, basically implying that Michigan fans were stuck up compared to the people of Lawrence. He is a master of the craft. I have to applaud it. And your third nominee for Villain of the Year, this guy ain't winning it. He ain't winning it this year. He was just a pain in our ass for one game. But I think he is an early front runner for your 2024 Daunty Villain of the Year. Uh, this is Peyton Sanford. This dude is going to get out of control this year. Uh, he already showed tendencies of it in years prior, but... This guy, he has a lot of potential. This guy could become one of the greats. That's just, I just wanted to throw out that nominee for you to keep your eye on next season. And the winner of the 2023 Daunty for Villain of the Year goes to Hunter Dickinson. Again, absolute first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the end-all, be-all Big Ten villain in my book now. You freaking set Michigan's expectations so high with that freshman season. Missed the tournament. And then, oh man. And then you're just chucking shots chucking shots from states away now now that you've left them destitute villainous lastly your award the uh your award for the daunty hoosier of the year there are three nominees for hoosier of the year 
The first Hoosier of the Year Award nominee goes to Mackenzie Holmes, All-American, absolute beast in the paint, uh, leading the Indiana women's basketball program to new heights. Uh, here's to Mackenzie Holmes, who, again, I mentioned earlier in the show, she was named uh, IU Athlete of the Year, along with TJD. Uh, incredibly proud to have her on our squad and uh, incredibly excited to see what her and Coach Terry can do next season. Your second nominee for Hoosier of the Year, Long Jin Su, a Ph.D. student in the informatics at the Ludi Study, Luddy School of Informatics, Computing, and Engineering, uh, for winning the Best Student Design Award at the 18th Annual ACMIEEE International Conference on Human-Robot Interaction, which was held March 13th through 16th in Stockholm, Sweden. Congrats to Long Jing Su, Long Jing Su, Indiana killing, killing it on the robotics front too. And your third nominee is Trace Jackson Davis, because of course it is. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis deserves all the credit he can get while he can on this show. Again, once the season tips off, I have to imagine, I will only be comparing to Trace Jackson Davis every Hoosier front court from here on out. But, uh, yeah, your Hoosier of the Year goes to Trace Jackson Davis. Of course it does. He's the man. He's an absolutely historic Hoosier. He's the man. Mackenzie's the woman. And Long Jing Su, she's also the woman. But Trace Jackson Davis, your Hoosier of the Year. Thank you so much for entertaining me and letting me get all those out. Uh, right after this Hoosier history hit for you, we'll get you on out of here. But uh, yeah, here's that Hoosier history hit. This is your Hoosier history hit. Sightless Warner was born in Chicago on August 18, 1949, the first and only child of Forrest and Ann Warner. With Ann and Silas allegedly suffering from uh, physical and mental abuse at the hands of Forrest, shortly after Silas became the age of five, they fled Chicago to return to Ann's hometown of Bloomington, Indiana. With the support of her family, Ann earned a, deg a degree in education from Indiana University and began teaching. Silas never had any personal contact with his father for the rest of his life after that. Si Silas uh, displayed some social ineptitude at his time growing up in Bloomington, uh, Silas displayed, uh, various social ineptitudes. He was a, he was a big guy, big, big burly guy who, uh, loved his books. And, uh, he had a really rough time in high school. Even with that, he was able to, uh, get up, get out there and, uh, get accepted into Indiana University where, uh, he took, he, uh, joined the physics program in 1966. And it was here in the physics program that he would fall in love with computers. He, uh, after working with them, just took a liking to it. And, uh, prior to graduating, he found a job working to, with him. His, uh, final year at Bloomington was spent, uh, dividing his time between schoolwork, getting his physics degree, working on a contract programming job, developing accident analysis software for an IBM mainframe. After finishing his degree in 1970, he stayed at Indiana University as an undergraduate assistant. I'm skimming over a whole guy's life, but uh, all this to say, his love for computers really paid off because Silas Warner, Indiana University graduate and, uh, and once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier, is responsible for programming the 1981, I guess, hit because there weren't many video games, but the 1981 action-adventure video game Castle Wolfenstein, uh, produced for the Apple II home computer. Now, now Castle Wolfenstein was kind of low-selling, relative. I mean, because video games were just starting. <laughs> but it, it is that, yes, that Wolf, Wolfenstein is made by an Indiana guy. If you guys know video gaming, you have heard Wolfenstein. 
uh, probably Wolfenstein 3D, but that game is derivative of Silas Warner's initial work. Pretty awesome to know that just such a, the Wolfenstein IP is, it's synonymous with gaming, I would say so. It it isn't Mario, (laughs) but it's nice to see a uh, serious title that has carried such a legacy be created by a Hoosier at its origin. Unfortunately, Silas Warner died in February 2004 after a long battle with kidney disease. Um, But his work lives on as they're still making sequels for those Wolfenstein games. They still have a little hint of that old Hoosier flair on it. So credit to uh, Silas Warner for being one of the OG video game programming dorks who I, 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 I can't thank enough. I love the games that we got coming out these days. A shorter Hoosier history hit for you, but I got a lot of editing to do here before I can just, I need to hit the Z's because it's going to be a long day when I'm going through that Labor Monday morning. So uh, my family's getting bigger, but hey, each episode I get a few more listeners. Family's always growing, either either here or in my real life. So thank you so much for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast. I'll be back at this next Monday. You can give me a listen right here, wherever you're listening. Um, give me a follow on Twitter. Give me a follow on Instagram. Everything at Often Daunted. Thank you so much, Hoosier fans. I can't thank you enough for listening. Uh, next week, I will be hosting, uh, I will be having Brandon Dubich on from the LEO podcast. I wanted to just talk with him and uh, sit down, ask him what kind of storylines I should be looking out for. Uh, just as more basketball minded folks, figured it'd be a nice little info dump to have on my episode prior to the kickoff of the college football season. Because you're going to inevitably, if you don't, if you're not locked in on Hoosier football, you're still going to tune in. Uh, Hopefully me and Brandon can give you a nice little short little uh, crash course in what to uh, look out for. So thank you all for listening. God bless. Have a great week. See you back here next week. Take it easy, Hoosier fans. Oh, Lux Veritas.